everyone, and welcome back to the Not Safe for Work Photography Podcast. There are thousands of models and photographers creating adult content using modern platforms and taking control of their own creative lives. Today, we're interviewing Raven Vice. Raven is a 19-year-old adult fetish performer living in Las Vegas. She is known for her out-of-the-ordinary content with a dark, gothic twist. How are you today, Raven? I'm doing good. That's exciting. I almost said ordinary content. Oh, definitely none of that here. <laughs> that would not be good. That would be the opposite of what we were looking for. All right. So since uh, you mentioned that you're an adult fetish performer, our topic today is extreme fetish work as a model. We've talked fetish work in the past, but it's been pretty superficial. It's been handcuffs, bondage, feet. I feel like those are all kind of the entry places for model into fetish because right. they're super easy. Everybody want. I feel like every model I've talked to wants to do fetish work. And they always, when you ask them about it, they always want bondage. They always want shibari. Rope has become very common, whether it is like strict bondage ties or pretty shibari just for photos. I have noticed yeah. a growth in yeah. the popularity of bondage. Yeah. Feet, less so, but still pretty common. But this one, I think, is going to get dirty. If it doesn't get dirty, I'm going to edit this out and you as the listener will never know. If you don't like dirty, I don't know that I would listen to this one. I'm going to edit it down and try to keep it to an R-rated level, but when you're talking fetish, sometimes that's hard. Pun intended. There will be an unrated version of this podcast available on Patreon or OnlyFans, so check out the website down the road if you want the uncensored content when those are ready to release. Kind of worried that when I edit this down, it's going to be like 20 minutes, but consider yourself warned. So, I always like to start with how you got into modeling. So, as soon as I turned 18, I started my OnlyFans, and I started with solo content, and then from there, I actually had somebody message me on Tinder, Mm -hmm. and he was a porn performer, and he noticed that I had an OnlyFans in my Tinder bio, and he was like... (laughs) hey, would you like to film sometime? And I'm like, what the hell? Who is this guy? And he gives me his Twitter, and I check his Twitter, and he's got like 70,000 followers. So I was like, okay, I guess let's film something. So that was my first porn shoot, and since then, I've just been going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So I've always wondered, and I've never, this is not on the question list, so feel free to tell me to fuck off. Uh, because I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about kind of the dichotomy of the photographer and the model and the exhibitionist voyeur dichotomy. Mm-hmm. And you can't obviously can't make a broad generalization like all models are exhibitionists because some models just want to be paid True. and they don't care. They're like, whatever, I'll take off my clothes if you'll give me money. Like they're just they're just not wired to care about that. Right. And not all photographers get sexual gratification out of taking pictures. (laughs) They're like, maybe it's art appreciation. Maybe they're getting paid. Same thing. True. Would you say then that you're an exhibitionist specifically since you were waiting until you turned 18? (laughs) It doesn't sound like you were like, I can't wait to get paid. It sounds like you were like, I can't wait to show off. (laughs) I, yes, I would definitely consider myself an (laughs) exhibitionist. I love to be seen. I love to be admired. I I love the attention. (laughs) Interesting. What do you think the ratio of that is for models? Do you think it's like 10% exhibitionists, like 20% exhibitionists? And I don't mean like, I don't mean like 
loud and proud exhibitionist necessarily. I get that it's going to be a spectrum. There's going to be people that are like quietly exhibitionists and they want to get paid. Right. <laughs> I would probably say it's about 30% to 70%. I was going to ask if you started off in fetish work, but it sounds like you didn't start off immediately in fetish work. Did you do any, when you were doing the solo stuff on OnlyFans, were you doing any fetish related content or was it mostly just like solo masturbation content? Or? It was mostly just solo masturbation. I also mm. did some like piss play videos. Oh, jumping right into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, that was one of my most popular requests was piss play videos. Is that because nobody's really doing it? Like it's still taboo enough? Like there's some things that aren't really taboo anymore. Like we already, we already talked about bondage. Bondage is not taboo at all. It's so flipping mainstream. Right. Feet is getting to mainstream. Piss play, still pretty taboo. It's starting to become a little bit more normal, if you want to say, but you still can't sell it on a lot of places. So that's the big problem, Mm. that it has to be either disguised with certain words, like you have to use words like water sports. Hmm. So I didn't that realize that's why that was. You. Oh, I didn't realize that was made to conceal it. Yes. Yeah, kind of like the stepdad stuff is because yes. you can't. Yeah, if you use if you use the I word. Yes. Uh, it's funny. I was researching the monetizing the podcast stuff, and I saw that Patreon will remove your podcast if it discusses the I word. Which I don't. Thinking about it, I don't oh. even know if I can say the word. Can I just say the word, or is that enough to flag it? Like, will yeah. there be automated things that'll be like, "Oh, they said the word, remove." Yeah, I didn't know that was. A yeah, me neither. Thing. That's why. <laughs> that's why when I said it, I was like Patreon versus OnlyFans. Like, I don't know that I necessarily want to put podcasts up on OnlyFans, but there may be Patreon might remove it if we get explicit. True. So yeah, I don't know. Um, that's interesting. So right into piss play. <laughs> <laughs> So why into piss play directly? Was that something that was big into your personal life? And you were like, eh, why not? Or was it something that you were looking at and you were like, well, this is niche and I'm willing to do it. Therefore, personally, I have a giant piss kink. And it started when I was pretty young, actually. I would like look up videos on YouTube and just be like girls peeing. And then I'd be sitting there and I'm like, why does this make me feel like I have to pee? Hmm. And as I got older, I realized I was like, shit, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I just started making money off of it because I knew I already enjoyed it. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you? It's interesting. I was reading a book called uh, The Pragmatist Guide to Human Sexuality. And they were suggesting that a lot of kinks are the disgust reflex inverted. So that's interesting because a lot of them are things like scat, things like piss. Uh, cuck is jealousy inverted. Um, I just I, I don't know. It's just interesting because they were talking about – because one, one of the theories of fetish development, at least for boys, is that it's something that happens in your – like 11 to 14 year range, some formative experience that happens to you that pushes you into this. But then they were saying that it's actually kind of a, there's, there's two kinds of fetishes. There's one that happens because of a formative experience, which is stuff like feet. Um, And then exhibitionism, voyeurism. And then there's one that's an inversion of what should be a feel like, like for, for piss, it's the feeling of disgust, but it's inverted into pleasure. So it's interesting. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's true. It was in a book, so obviously it's oh, true. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, I imagine that was interesting. Um, 
as like a teenager and like being 18 trying to explain to boyfriends or girlfriends yeah being like hey i'm into this it's thing it's still a struggle mm. where i'm like hey like would you like to pee on me and they're mm. like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair all right <laughs> we'll move on well I- <laughs> you retweeted yumi sen official on December 30th, 2021, I'm quoting my sources now, <laughs> who said, porn wants basic and boring. Sorry, I am not that. I know you didn't tweet it, but you retweeted it, which implies support. Uh, what do you think porn is looking for in talent these days? I think it's the same that it's always been. Really? Even like the 90s? like the. Okay, maybe right. not. <laughs> okay, maybe we've become a little bit more flexible, but I still feel like a lot of like mainstream porn sites, they want that picture-perfect image of a woman. Yeah, the 36, like, 24, 36. Yeah, they've got like big tits uh, yeah. and a big butt and blonde hair and lips and all that. No tattoos. Mm-hmm. That's something that has really hurt me is my tattoos. Um, that's how I identified you, by the way. I saw your leg and was like, oh, I think that's her. That's her. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I feel like porn still just wants this plastic and fake image. Unless you're creating content by yourself, then you create whatever you want using whatever you have. But I do find that a lot of guys do prefer that cookie cutter type of woman. Interesting. Yeah, I'm Yeah, thinking about porn as fantasy, I, I, I feel like a lot of the quote unquote professional porn companies, like they tend to make up the women in the same way. Yes. They all have similar makeup, even though like their hair may be different and their bodies may be slightly different and their heights may be different. They're all made up in the same way. They're all dressed in similar ways. They're all sleeping with the same generic kind of looking dude mm-hmm. that all in the, in the same, you know, Beverly Hills mansion. I know it's not really literally in Beverly Hills, but no, it all like kind of looks, it's all saying. the same open floor plan, airy. Yeah, white couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They're all selling a lot of the same, the same fantasy. That's a, that's a big reason why I really can't stand like a lot of that mainstream porn stuff. Cause none of it seems real. That's another reason why I started making my own. I was like, this is not working for me anymore. Let's go. Let's get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> How would you differentiate between extreme and standard fetish? Like, what's the, what's the line that you draw? Is it like fluids? Is it? It's kind of like, where can I sell it? Mm, that sounds very like OnlyFans versus scatbook. Yes. Or, or like many vids versus a oh. scatbook. Because... There's lots and lots of restrictions. They're so picky about it. Like, they'll one minute be fine with one video and then one minute not be cool with it. Hmm. But yeah, my thing is it it separates where you can sell it. So, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. That's fair. I was going to ask later about uh, why you're on Scatbook, but I think you just answered the question. So is it specifically, like, bodily fluids? For the most part, yeah. It's weird um, that cum is okay. You know, some places, I think OnlyFans, you're not allowed to, like, sh- technically in their terms of service, you mm. aren't allowed to see any bodily fluids. Interesting. Whether it be cum, spit, 
whatever. It's really weird. Speaking of spit, I feel like that's another thing that's been showing up. Like people spitting in each other's mouths. That's another thing I feel like I've been seeing a lot of lately. Yeah. Huh. I personally like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Degradation thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. I guess that's related to the piss. Yes. So, is the, so actually then I guess that's the question is, since you like both of them, is the overall kink the specific piss or is it just the degradation in general i think for me personally it's bodily fluids Mm. but um the degradation's always nice too (laughs) (laughs) it's just let me be your toilet i mean that's fair (laughs) interesting do you get more demand so i seen from your twitter you've done some standard boy girl stuff as well right yeah you're like eh. it's not the most fun for me like, you just want to fuck me? Could you please piss on me first yeah, and call me a slut or something? Like, some <laughs> smack me around a little bit? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Words that I never thought were going to come to my mouth today. <laughs> All right. I assume that means you get more demand for your kinky stuff as opposed to the vanilla stuff? Yeah, I feel like my kinky stuff definitely sells more, but I still have a good audience for my vanilla boy-girl content, which is nice, because sometimes I just I want to take a break. I need to film an easy video, so hmm. I just get fucked, and then I leave <laughs> instead of a fetish shoot in which I have to take showers and yeah. prepare and all that kind of stuff. And aftercare. And, yeah, and... so yeah, I have a good audience for both. Interesting. And do they overlap at all or not at all? Not really. Mm-hmm. They tend, if they like the freakier stuff, they'll only buy the freakier stuff. And if they only like the tame stuff, they'll buy that. Mm-hmm. I sell my vanilla boy girl videos for a lot less than what I sell my finished <laughs> videos for. Huh. Does it cost about the same to make them? I, I mean, I get like if you're making them, you're not really, you don't have to pay yourself necessarily. But when you bring in, if you bring in male talent, do you pay them or is it TFP? I don't pay my male talent. All right. Do you give and them percentage or do you give them a copy of it for them to sell or what? Yeah, they, we each get a copy of the content. Mm-hmm. I'll share photos, everything that comes along with it. The other performer will get that. Ideally, yeah, I would love to pay my male talent. That would be super cool, but you don't know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're most, just talking about how it is. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, the male talent reaches out to me. So I take that as a, okay, they want to film with me. It doesn't, I don't see that they want much in return other than the content. Gotcha. Do you, uh, how do you screen? Well, first of all, I assume you probably get more than enough male talent reaching out to oh you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I'm drowning in dicks. What is that? Have you seen that gif of the girl with her mouth open and, and all, just like all the all hot, the hot dogs? dogs? <laughs> That's me every day looking through my DMs. Uh, how do you pick? So I hate to say it, but follow count does mean something to mm-hmm. me. And I most likely will not work with somebody if they haven't already worked with somebody that I know. So I'll look through their Twitter, see what kind of content they make, see who they've worked with, look at their clip stores. That's pretty much as far as my screening goes. Get a test and just see that there's a reference from somebody that I trust. Gotcha. So 
since this podcast is directed towards people that are trying to get into content, if somebody, uh, how would you recommend somebody that did not have, let's say somebody was starting from day zero, today's day zero, they've, they've heard this podcast and they're like, by God, I want to get into this and I want to shoot with Raven Vice. How would they go about doing that? Preferably through my booking email. <laughs> um, a Twitter message is cool too, but it just mm. seems more professional over email. I need to see your availability. I need to see a test before I even talk about setting anything up. Um, some pictures of you. Good pictures, not Good bathroom pictures. selfies. Yeah, don't don't give me a picture of you in your bathroom mirror. I will delete your message. Um, put some effort into what you're going to show me. Ideally, it's nice if you have a location and you can tell me where that's at. So yeah, just basic marks like that, making mm. sure you're safe, making sure you have a spot, making sure we can make something good. Oh. Hmm. What about, uh, what types of spots do you normally shoot at? It's mostly hotels, but I also, I also... Less d- clean up afterwards. But <laughs> That's true. Yep. <laughs> I know there's also a lot of like shoot houses around Vegas, like... Like uh, Brazzers, I know, has a couple houses here, and I've shot in a couple of those. Not for Brazzers, but in the houses. Um, but yeah, mostly. It's an interesting business model. Sydney and uh, Cassie mentioned that too, and I was just thinking that it's like an Airbnb, but for photography. Yeah. Like, it's, I was just wondering about the business model, how much that costs to do, and how much they rent them out for. It's like a little studio, but not a studio. Yeah, like they've a, got like four houses and you book it for the day and you can do what you want in it. Set it on fire. <laughs> I'm kidding. sure they wouldn't appreciate that, but if it makes for good content. <laughs> then the, the Yeah, the male talent's dressed up as a firefighter and they come in and then the backdrop is a flaming house in the background. It's so realistic. I wonder if there's an audience for like fire porn. Probably yes, has got to right? be. There's right? got to be. The question is, are they willing to pay enough? To, for the to cost to burn the house. <laughs> like, why is this clip eight thousand dollars? Because I have to sell a hundred of them to buy another we house. We have renters insurance. <laughs> Will the renters insurance pay if they find out that we set the house on fire? To make... Only if they find the video. <laughs> find the video. Turns out somebody at the insurance company is into that shit. Yeah, right. <laughs> they came across it on their own searches. That's funny. Speaking of, you mentioned, we talked about the aftercare and the thing. So when you're filming BDSM work that's dangerous, uh, what safety precautions do you take? So, Although I don't know if dangerous is the right word for what you do. What you yeah, do is like more you, nasty than dangerous. So it's, it's different for everything mm-hmm. that I'm going to perform. So say I'm doing a puke video, I'm going to want to drink a lot of liquids. I'm going to want to fuel myself beforehand so I don't... Pass out. All right. Uh, what's your standard aftercare routine? I always love a good meal and a shower and probably some weed, not going to lie. And I usually like to do my aftercare by myself. Um, I know some people like to have a companion there with them, but I'm a loner. I like my own company and I think it's the most comforting. So yeah, just relaxing with some food and 
Yeah, music is always nice. I recently discovered my favorite thing in the entire world is a dark shower with music yes. and like just dim and just like sitting there for like 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Well, I guess that's a big no-no here in the desert. <laughs> we are in a drought. <laughs> it's incredibly irresponsible of me. It's okay. I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> when you're screening producers, is it mostly people filming POV stuff these days or are there still a lot of people doing like actual crews and separate cameramen and stuff like that or... I have actually never shot a POV video. Really? Um, Apparently I didn't pay nearly enough attention to your work. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I see mostly companies that are just one person Mm. or couples actually I've noticed become (laughs) a lot popular where like they're both performers, but they take turns running camera for each other. And I think that's super cool. I always love to see a woman on set. But yeah, it's, I've seen mostly crews or single individuals. How big is the usual crew these days? Two people, three people? Three to four. Three to four. Whether it's, so it's usually like guy on camera, guy doing backup camera, and then assistant, and then usually there's just like a floater who does extra i don't usually know what that guy is there for but i've seen those guys the cum mopper yeah (laughs) yes so really i'm sorry i've been thinking a lot about the economics of this after talking with gerald on saturday Mm because he was talking about one of the reasons i asked him about if he ever hires uh male talent these days and he says he usually doesn't and he doesn't even do the pov shoots much as much these days Mm mm-hmm um, because a big part of why he doesn't hire male talent is trying to find people and schedule people. Right. It's tough, tough enough finding a schedule where him and the, and a girl can both find time, but then right. trying to find a third person. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking about like finding a crew of people and then trying to like justify the cost of the video clip to pay for all those people. Although I guess I assume you're paying them way less than you're paying the talent. So they're probably getting like a hundred bucks total. Yeah. I have (laughs) noticed that like the female gets paid like way more than anybody else. And I think it's crazy because like sometimes those guys are putting in more work than me (laughs) and they're getting paid less. Well, it's because every guy thinks he's a porn star secretly. No matter what they say, every guy secretly is like looking and be like, I could do that. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a, I was watching that video Somebody, I think it's, I think his name's like producer Frank or something or producer Keith or something. He's got it pinned on the top of his thing where it's like the three guys that think they can be porn stars. And it's like a documentary style thing. And like none of the three of them can get it up like in front of the camera with like the crew of people watching them. And they're all, they all like start off coming in strutting about like, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I've got a nine inch dick. You know, my girl loves it. This is going to be amazing. And then he's just like, not every man is made for porn and not every girl is made for porn either. That's fair. That is fair. Just because you got genitals doesn't mean you should use them on camera. So speaking on that subject, that actually goes back to a big part of what you're talking about when you're screening. Because uh, if male talent has previous work, then you can look at their previous work and see how it uh, see how it goes. And this goes back to my my earlier question as well about if uh, someone's trying to get in 
I, I meant to follow that question up with this. Maybe I'll edit this and through the magic of editing, make it seem like this <laughs> question happens right afterwards. Cause you talked to, when I asked you about how they would get into it from day zero and you responded with how they would do it directly with you, but let's take that in a more general sense. Okay. Uh, some guy decides he wants to get in. He thinks he's got what it takes. It's probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like what should he do to try? Like he can make some solo content. Sure. But how does he transition that into making, like, does he, does he, does he find like, like lower level amateurs to work with? Does he find local people to work with? Like he probably doesn't immediately start messy. Well, a lot of them do start messaging people like you, but (laughs) that's probably not the right way to do it. Yeah. I know people have had a lot of success starting out their career on FetLife. They hmm. find other people that are willing to make content on there that aren't necessarily porn stars, but it still gets them a little bit of a portfolio. So yeah, working with local people, people you already know, just to show what you can do instead of hitting up these big hitters and just having them reject you over and over and over again, start small. Unless that's their kink. Um, yes unless you really (laughs) like that but yeah starting small is definitely important we can't all be approached by a porn star 70,000 followers on tinder (laughs) (laughs) all right uh how do you meet other talent mostly twitter Hmm. i've had really good success with twitter um I go to events sometimes and meet with other people. Uh, Parties are fun. Um, Except you can't make content at the parties, but it's nice to meet people. Um, What type of parties are these full of adult performers that you can't make content at? That's not what I heard about the adult industry. thought it was all fucking all the time. So, okay, so yeah. (laughs) There are the type of parties where you go and you can make content. But it's a little questionable due to there being drugs and alcohol around. Mm. And I personally will not make content in an environment where people are intoxicated. It's unsafe for everybody. There are some content parties where they keep that out of it. And those are the ones that I tend to go to. Interesting. Yeah, that was something that uh, has come up before about drugs and alcohol on set Yeah, around more amateur content producers. But I feel like I interrupted you with something, though. No. Yeah, I just don't like making content under the influence. It can get everybody in trouble. Like, if it goes good filming, that's one thing. But it can totally come back on you later on. Somebody comments and be like, yo, that chick is drunk. And people are going to start to notice. And that just looks bad on everybody. We are working at the end of the day. It's still a job. Whether you're fucking or filling out paperwork, it's still a job. And you still have to be professionals. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to a lot of the... uh a lot of assault allegations and stuff about whether you can consent or not. Right. When you're, when you've been drinking. Speaking of consent, I talking with Ziva and then talking with Gerald, I heard about a new concept to me, uh, consent checklists. Yeah. Have you been using them? I, for certain shoots. Yes, I do. Is it um, specific producers that use them then? Um, I personally have my own. 
sometimes they will ask for it sometimes they won't and i'll just send it with my test and be like this is what i'm cool with this is what i'm not um they usually really appreciate it because then they don't really have to have a long lengthy conversation over your limits it's Mm -hmm. all right in front of them yeah so i think those are really really helpful and i think more people should start using them yeah gerald and i were actually talking about it after the podcast unfortunately after we after we closed out the podcast so i'm shoving it in here (laughs) to this other podcast uh that actually one thing that we didn't one thing that i didn't consider is that it has applications in non-fetish shoots too yeah because one of the super awkward stages when you're talking with a model like an art nude model is trying to figure out like what they're willing to do Right. As you're like, I have this concept, but you're always like, you know, models on uh, Model Mayhem will put like, I do fetish and erotic, but I don't shoot nudes. Okay. And you're like, so what does that mean exactly? Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> like, are we going to get today? <laughs> or they'll say I shoot nudes and I do erotic, but that's all right. So does that mean like that you'll shoot Playboy style nudes? Does that mean that you'll shoot open leg nudes? Yeah. Or does that mean... That, you know, you'll masturbate for the camera. Like, erotic is a wide... Or that you'll shoot toy stuff. Right. Like, that's a pretty... So it occurred to me that it's even a good job... I mean, not a good job. It's probably a good idea to put together one even for vanilla shoots. Uh-huh. Where you can send a model and be like, you know, I will shoot art nude. I will shoot Playboy style nudes. Which is very close to art nude. Like, there's probably only, like, a stylistic difference there. Uh-huh. You know, I will shoot open leg nudes. I will shoot, you know, various things. So that way, because that's always, I'm a little socially awkward. Um, I feel that. And that's always, like, the worst. That's, like, that's the second. There's there's two parts of the conversation. Three, part, three, three parts of the interaction with a model that I have a lot of trouble with. Number one is the pay. Because I never, now that I've had, now that I've talked to a lot of models, I'm getting a much better feel for, like, what's acceptable and what's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is that that conversation, like boundaries beforehand. Because on one hand, you're always afraid. Like if I go too far, she'd be like, what the fuck is this creeper yeah, doing? Yeah, and bash you on the internet. <laughs> uh, but less worried about that. But more because I can always adjust it. Like okay. if she's like, I'm not comfortable with open leg, then fine. I, 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 if I'm approaching a model, it's because uh, I think they've got something special that I think would work well with my work. Like just, just cause they don't want to do open leg. That's fine. We can do, we don't have to do open leg. There's, I have other shoot ideas that don't involve open leg. We don't mm. have to do that. Um, and then number three is like the actual, that first meeting, you know, mm. we're always a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. always a little awkward. Yeah. Um, so, but having a checklist like that, I think is super useful in breaking the ice there uh-huh. because then you can say, Hey, this particular shoot that I want to do doesn't necessarily involve any of these, but as he pointed out, like it gives you ideas for future shoots. Yeah. Like maybe the first shoot, you only want to do a artsy nude portrait shoot, but she checks off or doesn't cross out these other things. You're like, Oh, in the future I can approach her. Cause frankly, I mean like a portrait shoots a great get to know you to start with anyways. Right. So something like that. So anyways, it was just super interesting. Um, and I am in love with the idea. Yeah. So. It's very smart. Super. I wish I'd come up with it myself, but I am not that smart. So <laughs> we can all be. Ah, can all be brilliant. Oh well. All right. So uh, I scrolled through your Twitter feed and your site, and I basically have a giant list of fetishes here that you have done videos on, and I'm going to call them out one by one so that we can talk about them just to kind of see. <laughs> what's going on here and what gave you the idea and i'm curious to know like which of these would you consider successful and like you would want to do again so number one 
pie in the face cucked by a clown. What was... Why? I don't... What is going on here? Um... Okay, so me and Nikki Sequoia, we were like, let's film, like, a clown video. It's almost Halloween. Like, that'd be fun. So she built this carnival set. And she built a set for it. Yes, a whole set. <laughs> balloons, backdrop, everything. It looked awesome. We did glow-in-the-dark makeup, and it was super cool. Um, so we did this video where I go to the circus with my boyfriend, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and then it cuts to my boyfriend finding me fucking a clown in the back while he's waiting for me to come out of the bathroom. And it's one of those, like, you can watch, but you can't touch. So the whole time it's from the boyfriend's point of view. And yeah, you're just getting cucked by a clown. I feel like the best cuck videos are always filmed from the boyfriend or the husband's point of view. Yeah. I feel like... When there's a net, when there's like a fourth party filming it, it like removes you from the scene because you're like somebody else is filming it, somebody else is in the room. Yeah. This is not real. Yeah, I'm not the one watching. Yeah. 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 But yeah, um, yeah. Then we ended the video with some cream pies to the face. <laughs> <laughs> and we were actually nominated for an award for that one. It's <laughs> amazing. So. I I feel like I've seen a lot of content creators are big into clowns yeah i have noticed a big rise in popularity in clown porn i don't know where that came from or like who that necessarily appeals to but it's fun to make (laughs) (laughs) you've got like the clown makeup on your face and the clown drops their pants and there's clown makeup on his dick too (laughs) Yeah. The problem is then he pulls his dick out and the nose is gone. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, someone's got to get that out. Yeah. So that's my experience with clown porn. Oh, no. That's how you should have done it with the cuck. He pulls it out and the nose is gone. And he's like, cuck, you got to go get the nose. Oh, that would have been so good. <laughs> All right. That's my contribution to the clown cuck porn. <laughs> A good one, I might say. <laughs> yeah, that is... I don't necessarily understand the appeal, but a lot of people you know, love it. I've seen that as a definition for fetish, right? Because if you look at it and you go, but why? Then oh. you're like, that's a fetish and it's not yours. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, That's a really good way to think about it. Yeah. Because if you're like, you're like, yeah, I'm there. You're like, nope, that's yours. Nope. Videographers and photographers that want to tie you up and use vibrators on you or have sex with you. Is that two separate groups or one single group? Two separate. Interesting. Yeah. Like I know um, the website that I worked for the most recently, he does not do any type of penetration or anything like that. He strictly does bondage and forced orgasms. His thing is with those giant like Hitachi magic wands, um, tie you up real tight and Put that thing on you and not let you go anywhere. But actually, I've only ever been contacted by maybe two or three producers that make that kind of content. As far as like bondage sex goes, there's not a lot of places you can sell it. Yeah, I haven't seen, I think I've only seen it like once. Yeah, it's, 
hard. You can't have like all four limbs bound. I think that's what it is with penetration. So it would have to be a producer that has their own platform. And there's Mm. just not a lot of them. You almost need like a, like a stool or something or a bench. Yeah. Because most of the normal bondage stuff, there's no real way to actually. Yeah. Which, which goes back to kind of what we're talking about. Was that the last interview? Shit. It goes back to kind of the, the thing about, where fetish is not necessarily always about sexually gratifying yourself. It's not always yeah. about ejaculation. Would that make fetish photographers frequently safer to shoot with than photographers that want more sexual stuff? Like, cause they're looking for a very specific thing as opposed to like trying to have sex with you or. I, yeah, I am personally a lot more comfortable with filming non sex fetish work. Mostly because most of the time it's just dude behind the camera mm-hmm. filming the girl. Yeah. Or, yeah, mostly for fetish work that I've done, it's just guy behind the camera filming me. I have done a couple. I don't know if I would quite consider Gerald's content fetish. I guess it is like the stepdaddy. He step does some daddy. bondage stuff and he does yeah. the fetish stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like in the middle hmm. because he won't do like penetration but he will like finger you which is still to me more comfortable than penetration so when you're speaking with a photographer videographer that wants to tie you up and put you in a place where you really have difficulty like right now if i tried to do something that you didn't want to do you could run for the door I'd be out the door. <laughs> right but if you're tied up or handcuffed how do you do additional screening there? Or is there additional screening? You mentioned before that you usually only work off recommendations from other people. So you have a strong yes. screening process normally, but is there any additional precautions you take when it's bondage? Not really, to be honest. Um, I've shot for three different bondage sites. The first one, actually, it, I was just a huge fan of his work. Shiny Bound. I was a huge fan of his work. You did um, a bunch of stuff with him, right? Yeah. 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 And your older stuff last year. I think you had a bunch of posts. Yeah. Yeah, because we used to date. So that was that. I didn't want to mention that, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, with him, I found him on Twitter and I was like, wow, this is really cool. So I subscribed to his OnlyFans. The first person I ever subscribed to on OnlyFans. And I was looking through his stuff, saw some people that I recognized. And I messaged him, where are you located? Vegas. And we set up a shoot. And then we shot again and again and again. I did some bondage work with Gerald. I didn't do any of the bondage my first shoot with him. And then I got comfortable enough to do it on the second. Yeah, as far as additional screening goes, not necessarily. It just takes like a certain kind of person for me to trust. Yeah, well, it sounds like for Shiny Bound, it sounds like he was pretty well known. Yes. And for Gerald, you didn't do it the first shoot. And Gerald seems pretty well known, too. He's He's been doing this since a while 2003 now. or so. Yeah. It's been 18 years. So and neither of these guys were people that were like randomly off the street, like, hey, I'm going to tie you up. Yeah. You might, yeah. For bondage establishment. Yeah. I want to tie your thing. petite ass up. See, that was a callback for your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so funny. I'll be on like Pornhub and I'll come across one of my videos and it's like petite slut. And I'm like, 
I'm taller than the male <laughs> talent in this video. Like. <laughs> All right. Next one. This is one that you posted recently. Jerking off in the Goodwill parking lot. This one looks like a fairly boring one for you. Just jerking somebody off in a car in a parking lot. Is it a new fetish you're trying to break into? So actually, I just met this guy who his whole thing is public content. I did. I looked over his stream, actually. I yes. Was like, he he gets real risky with it. It's crazy. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's fun. So we've been dabbling in a little bit of public stuff and... I have a video to release with him, so we'll see how that sells. Um, All right. Do you? Uh, how did you decide to do it? Just because you met him and he asked you to do it, or were people requesting it? Or no, I just I met him. We were hanging out, and I was like, "You want to take a video of me jacking you off in the car?" And he was like, "Hell yeah!" So. I jacked him off in the car. This is all <laughs> while the... I was drinking boba, and there's like clips in it where you guy like cheers the camera, and we're having a good so, time. So this is like a mix of exhibitionism and bored ignored, because <laughs> you're kind of like uh, having my. Uh, I'm looking at the camera, just jacking off at the corner <laughs> of my eye. Uh, have you ever done any bored ignored style stuff? No. Interesting. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like that's a more dominating hmm. type thing. No. Who's being dominated? I guess the person who's who's being who's doing the ignoring. I guess the question is, is it the because it's usually the woman who's ignoring the guy and the guy is pawing yeah. at the girl. But it could go the other way around. But hmm, I don't know if that would sell. I don't know. I don't think yeah. I've ever seen it the other way around. Interesting. I don't know. We might have to try that out. Yeah. Huh. I'm always down to try everything. Even if it doesn't sell, if one person buys it, <laughs> one person enjoyed it. Yeah. So that's oh. cool. I mean, we were talking, yeah, we were talking about, we were talking about that in a, and all these, so that's the downside to running three interviews in one weekend, right? Is because now they're all kind of running together in right. my head and I'm all, but we were talking about like the shotgun approach and like trying to put out a whole bunch of content, like one of everyone to kind of see which one sells and kind of figure out where your niche is and mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be interesting to do like A B testing. Like yeah. here's a board ignored where I'm being ignored and like he's pawing at me. Here's a board ignored where, you know, he's on a meeting, you know, he's on big big business meeting, like, oh, and you know, the sales revenue numbers or whatever, but then that's kind of like a business meeting kink too. Yeah. Like he's doing his best to ignore you while you're like pawing at his pants and like trying to uh, I don't know. Maybe I could do that for the podcast. Could do uh like in the future if I did a podcast thing and do like podcast porn oh bored ignored like i'm trying to podcast you yeah. like, stop <laughs> and they're trying to hold a conversation mm. yeah mm. interesting maybe that's the monetization maybe that's the we maybe yeah. I, I schedule like a three-hour session and we actually record the podcast and then we spend like 30 minutes recording various scenes kind of afterwards where we are like repeat or like all right let's go back to you know here's here's what i said here's what you said and then anyways we'll talk about the we'll talk about podcast brainstorming <laughs> i'm getting distracted cuck porn uh you did a cuck scene yes i think you only did one that i saw yes it was I interracial know. i've noticed almost all cuck porn is interracial mm-hmm. i don't know why that is i'm not sure why either um but yeah i've only ever seen interracial cuck yeah. porn um but i know that like a lot of 
Hucks are not into the whole interracial thing. But I've never seen anybody switch it up. So... I don't know, yeah. It's not professionally. There's a lot of amateur stuff that's not interracial, but okay. like the professional stuff is almost all interracial. So it's interesting. Yeah. Did that uh scene get much pickup? I have not put it out yet. Oh again, then that, that's another one where there's a that's a teaser. Yes. I did have lots and lots of fun filming it though, my first cuck scene ever, um with Don Prince. Yeah been seeing his name pop up a lot lately is yeah. he fairly new to the industry or did he just like start getting traction or? i think he's been around for a little bit but i think he's just now starting to get on some sites so his name is getting out there yeah it was weird i've been seeing his name a lot in the last like three or four weeks yeah huh. interesting interesting playing in the mud and getting hosed down for shinyrigger.com or shiny rigger it's that doesn't seem like a fetish to me but i guess it is somebody uh, paid for it obviously <laughs> well yeah so we were out in florida with misdemeanor and sergeant miles such a great name yeah i know right god damn and such a great name so they live out on this farm and they had a pig pen and sergeant miles was like you know what if i tilled up the pig pen and made it all muddy and we throw the girls in there and Shiny's like, that might be pretty cool. So then he gets all three of us girls on board, um, ties us up in a hog tie, throws us in the mud. Um, he's picking up handfuls of mud and throwing it in our face. We're ball gagged. They're dragging us around. It was lots of fun. I actually have permanent scars from that shoot. <laughs> Um, so I'm reminded every single day of it. Um, but yeah, that was for shinybound.com. I never got to release that content, so I'm not quite sure how it sold. Um, but it looks super cool and it got some good feedback on Twitter. Interesting. You can sell goddamn near anything if you just put pretty girls in it. For real. Yeah. Huh. Literally us flopping around in mud and pig shit, and it worked. You know, I was halfway into it till you said pig shit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you know, I think I'm okay with this. And then you're like, uh, we don't right. know how much pig shit was actually in there. There hasn't been pigs in there for a little bit, so we're just gonna bit. hope there was a week. There wasn't that much. <laughs> Cages and puppy play. Puppy play is another one that seems to be having its day. There's that girl on Twitter or something that's been really public with her puppy play. Hmm. I don't know if you've seen her. It doesn't look like I've seen no recognition in your eyes. I see lots of puppy play. So Interesting. Yeah, huh. I'm not sure exactly who you're referring to. Uh, she's, she's she's like been made a meme and like Reddit and other oh, places. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I know who you're talking about. Now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Talking so like about. there's someone that's actually like got like mainstream like puppy. Yeah. Um... um so is this like the next, is this the next feet play? <laughs> like feet? I, I've noticed pet play in general has become really popular. At like kitties, bunnies, puppies. Hmm. I've seen lots and lots bunnies. of it. I, I think social media has had a lot to do with that because a girl can post a picture on Instagram or a video on TikTok of her in puppy ears and it'll be completely 
normal to somebody, oh, it's just a girl in puppy years, unless somebody enjoys puppy play, then it's like, oh, it's a puppy girl. So you can put this fetish on a lot more spots without it looking like a fetish. Interesting. That actually sounds like, so the feet thing, do you, did you grow up watching, what the fuck was that Nickelodeon show? What? iCarly? iCarly, yes. Yes. Like With all the foot cameos and that was really weird. Yeah. When I was watching it, I thought nothing of it. But now watching it again, I'm like, wow. Yeah. These oh. young girls being told to like put their toes in their mouth for TV and they don't, they don't get it. And yeah. I remember. Wonder, wonder how many kids like young adults now are like, oh, I love toes and I love feet. And now I don't know why. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> Nickelodeon was just forcing toes down their mouth. Yeah. I remember Nickelodeon ran like a contest where you would like draw smiley faces on your toes and send in pictures of your feet. That I is where that. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Cause it's like these little girls watching yeah. this show and he's just getting all these pictures of these girls feet. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he's like, I don't even have to pay for it anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's scary. Oh my God. Oh wow. <laughs> I don't know where to move on from there. Yeah. Um, other than to just be horrified, quietly horrified. How many fetishes do most people have, do you think? Do you think most people have like one fetish or two fetishes or like a strong fetish and a weak fetish? Or I think most people have that one thing that really gets them going mm. and then other little things that excite them or other little things that add on to their main fetish. But there are people out there that are just like, oh, I love this, and I love this, and I love this, and I love this. But Interesting. most people, they do have their one thing. They love everything? Is it that they like that they have those fetishes, or they just like you, do you think? I don't know. I've always said that I have a fetish for fetish. Hmm. So if it's weird, it's probably going to turn oh, Your fetish is taboo. Your fetish is doing things that you're not yes. supposed to. yes. Oh. So when people ask me, like, what is your fetish? I don't necessarily have, like, an exact answer for them. I just say my fetish is fetish. Have you ever met any of your fans? Um, In person? (laughs) No. Is that Uh, for better or worse? (laughs) You know, sometimes I be getting these offers from fans and I'm like, you know... How bad could it be? But other times I'm like, oh, that's very scary. Don't do that. Um, so I've just kind of stuck with my hesitation and not done any type of meets with my fans. If I find one that, you know, shows me that he's really down for me you know he subscribed to my fan sites he tips me all the fun stuff i may be open to it but we would have to build a little bit of something first i've definitely seen some who did it i think riley reed did a fuck a fan once 
She yeah. had like a contest. Um, Brandy Love does Brandy those Love as well. Brandy Love does them. And I can see where it would generate a lot of fan interest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been thinking but, about it. Yeah. Yeah. But then on the other hand, like if you get a good fan, like it's probably fine. Yeah. If you get a bad, crazy fan, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be fine. Yeah. Men <sighs> are scary in general. And when they fan over you, it makes them even more aggressive most of the time. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's just hard to feel comfortable enough to meet up with somebody who fans over you. Yeah. And especially when who they're fanning over is someone that doesn't necessarily exist. Right. It's It's your screen persona. It's mm-hmm. your... Although it sounds like a lot of your regular persona comes through in your screen persona. (laughs) (laughs) She's still a little different, though. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That would, if it was a lot different, that'd be super weird. Yeah. Like, they, like, grab you by the throat and they're like, all right. And you're like, no, no, that's not what I really like. Yeah. Yeah, that would run into a lot of issues. I saw a tweet where you're at Exotica. Yeah. What's that like? I've never been. I went to Exotica, Miami, and Exotica, New Jersey. What a place for Exotica. That's what I always think of when I think exotic is New Jersey. (laughs) It brought the freaks, (laughs) let me tell you that. Um, So Miami, I went as just like a a fan, I guess you would say, where I just Mm. like bought the ticket and walked around and met people and stuff. But then in New Jersey, I was a part of Shiny Bounds booth. I had my own separate little section. Um, That was really cool. Actually, I got to hand out my business cards and uh, I got some new subscribers, new people interested in me. It brings a very vast crowd of people interesting so you have like the creepy guys who want to like book you for no. an call that night which, oh interesting which you're not allowed to do so they just come up in your ear and they'll whisper and be like oh i pay you this much for this. and you just go no <laughs> that's not what i'm here for and then there's the the porn watchers who want to just take pictures of you, take pictures with you. I found that part super flattering. I've never had anybody like want to take a picture with me or want to pay to take a picture with me at that. And then there's the other industry people that you get to meet. I met photographers, uh, people who do interviews. I met other talent. It's a really, really good place to network. Hmm. I was thinking about attending to try and meet people for the podcast. So. I think that would be a good yeah. idea. So, but I'll take, so your advice, do not proposition people there for in-call. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I can handle that. Yes. <laughs> Any other advice to not be skeevy? <laughs> just, just <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just. Don't stuff any socks in my pants. I think I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, me personally, I love to be given a business card. As you do need to make business cards yeah. for the podcast, actually. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I worked with a couple people that I met at Exotica. Business card, follow them on Twitter, and that was that. But yeah, I really enjoyed Exotica. If you're going to go, I suggest you go to Chicago, actually. I've heard that's the, the biggest, really? best one that brings out the most people. 
That's uh, Cassie said that there were a lot of performers that lived in Chicago, specifically trans performers. Yes, which kind of makes sense. Chicago is such a like Chicago hair being there. Mm-hmm. It's probably super easy to fly to wherever shoots are happening. Yes, hmm. I know. Yeah, Chicago is popular. Seattle's fairly popular for models. Um, of course, L.A., New York, Miami. Yeah. Tampa, I've noticed a lot of girls are moving out there, and there's a lot of fetish work out there, actually. Yeah. So I'm looking <laughs> to make a trip back out to Florida to get some more work in. It's hot and sticky. Yeah, that's the only part. The bugs are big. Gross. gross, gross. <laughs> Is that a fetish? Like blood draining? Like mosquitoes? Oh. Huh. I get eaten alive by mosquitoes out there. So you just need to is, find somebody. You just need advantage. to have somebody to like follow you around with a camera. And be right. Like, oh. You're like, no, no, right bugs. here. I need you. Because <laughs> like right here is not fetish. Right, right here is fetish. Yeah. <laughs> They're like picking them up and placing them where they need to go to get the good shot. Oh my God. Some guy's like, no, that's not dirty enough. I need it on your ass. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking men. <laughs> yes. No matter how much you give them, they'll always want more. I mean, the mosquito's sucking, isn't that enough? <laughs> I'm literally giving my blood for you. You know what, though? That's, I should get closer to the microphone. That's a fluid, and now you can't put it on OnlyFans. True. You can't put <laughs> blood, blood anywhere, so. Yeah, because uh, there was some porn performer that I was listening to a podcast where she did a horror slash porn film where they used oh, fake yes. blood, and they got it removed. It was removed everywhere because you can't have porn and blood together, even in a fake. She was like, she was like, we had like five gallon buckets of blood. Like it obviously yeah. wasn't. It was so much blood that, yeah. it, that we would have had to like eviscerate humans. And like, there's <laughs> no way that it was real blood. Yeah, they <sighs> go a little extreme with their removing of videos. I know like fake weapons or even like like a finger gun they'll take your video down for a finger gun you can't have somebody like break in and like fake attack somebody with like a i'm gonna shoot you (laughs) just a single like watch out oh your video's gone yeah i saw somebody they did like fake dynamite and it was literally like cut up pool noodles with like a core wrap around (laughs) it and a clock (laughs) and they took it down (laughs) but how else am I going to get my like woman in distress tied exactly. up on the railroad tracks? It was like tracks. a superheroine video. So she was like struggling to get out and there's this bomb and they didn't uh, like that. See, I was thinking more of like the like the guy twiddling his mustache next to the woman tied up on the railroad <laughs> yeah. tracks with like the, like the dynamite. See, that, I love that kind of That's porn. Funny. You just can't find it that mm. much. Yeah, the, the old 1870s times. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to do horror porn. There's actually a website called horrorporn.com, and it's my favorite. Yeah, they had to start their own site because they couldn't do blood yep, anywhere they else. they can't put it anywhere else. Well, there's not enough cowboy porn out there. Huh. One of my favorite one of my favorite porn videos growing up was called Pussycat Ranch. It's an old <laughs> 1970s video. Nice. My dad had a copy of it and his, like, yeah. uh, thing. And he used to, like, take the VHS tape downstairs and have to, like, rewind it back to the yeah. right place. But, yeah, it was an old... Uh, was it based in a brothel in like the old west? So it's just like cowboys. Yeah, it was like cowboys and like you know like brothel workers wearing like old fashioned dresses and stuff. And yeah. hmm. I have a real I soft spot for like seventy style porn. I don't know what it is, but yeah. I don't think I've seen much. 
I don't know. There's there's like a there's like a filming style. I'm I'm actually I'm actually super curious. I wonder if there's like a generational divide. Like if you look at like like men in their 40s, men in their 30s, men in their 20s, and like look at like what their favorite type of porn is. Mm-hmm. It'd be really interesting to look at like how like different porn affects like I don't know. I, I don't know if it yeah, really matters. I get where you're going with that. Uh. Um, I feel like that has to have something to do with it. Like mm-hmm. what you first found yeah Yeah, something that you like uh raven where can everyone find you online i am on twitter at raven vice but the a and the i are replaced with x's my god (laughs) (laughs) and i am on instagram at my chem princess and then on many vids as my chem princess Hmm. why my chem princess because my favorite band at the time was My, my Chemical, Chemical Romance. Romance. And I'm a princess. Obviously. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course. <laughs> and with that, we are done. Check us out at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast.com. On Twitter is at NSFWPhotography. Instagram at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast. And subscribe on your favorite podcast app. 